0: Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists.
1: And welcome to the Retirement Clinic, WISN Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison, hosted by today Aaron Spitzner. Welcome back, Spitz. Can I call you that? Yeah, call me whatever you want. Good morning. Don't say that. Don't say that. We're good to have you back on the show, Aaron, uh, with the COAL Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Um, The retirement clinic is on every Saturday. We will open up phone lines. We'll take retirement questions. But Aaron, we should talk about today's show specifically as we have a topic. We have a guest in studio as well. That's right. Uh, we're going to have a, a very exciting hour
2: of... Uh estate planning, elder law, and Elizabeth Ruthmansdorfer, I'll let you go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, what you do, uh, who you service, and uh, that'll give everybody kind of an idea of what it is we're going to be talking about in today's show, okay. um, and take it from there. Good morning, Elizabeth. You Good are morning. an attorney.
3: I am an attorney. I am an elder law attorney with Myrtle Wilkinson Campbell. We're celebrating our 70th anniversary this year. Woo. Wow. So uh, our focus is on our clients on all ages of their life, but really taking a look at that end-of-life time of estate planning, of protecting assets, of being able to provide all of the tools that someone may need in sickness and in health.
1: So if we talk, if I say estate planning, yes. talking about elder care, planning for your future, the boomers are all aging now, right? They're all right, getting right. getting to that point. Um, should we all have a plan at some point in our life? Uh, is there a certain age we hit like, yes, you need an estate plan?
3: At age 18, you minimally need a health care power of attorney. So all adults. <laughs> all adults need some kind of a plan. If you don't have a plan, the state of Wisconsin has one for you. You just may not like it. Yeah. So it's always best to pick your own plan, pick your own people.
1: Aaron, we have heard so many stories on this show, other shows about, uh, I think what you're referring to, Elizabeth, is going through probate. The courts Mm -hmm. becomes public record.
3: It does Uh, become public record. People have an opportunity to see what you have. You have court oversight. You may not like where things go. Claimants can come in on things. When you have done an estate plan properly, then you have control over those assets, where they go and when they go.
1: So... The first step is what? Meeting with an attorney? You have to have a plan. It's got to be notarized. What's an official estate plan?
3: In our office, an estate plan can, is always at least three documents. I call it the trifecta. You have a health power of attorney, a durable power of attorney, and at least a will. Uh, Some people need a trust on top of that, but not everybody. So every estate plan has at least those three documents.
1: Now, this is where we're getting into where people might have questions. So I'm going to throw out the phone numbers right now. You hear will, you hear trust. Some people think they're the same. Do I need a trust? Is a will sufficient? If you've got any questions about estate planning, elder care you talked about, in that realm, that topic... We're going to take your questions. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, it's open, 799-1130, 799 Feel free to call in to the retirement clinic. Now, Aaron Spitzner, let's just talk a little bit about other questions that we might get. It ties into your retirement plan. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah,
2: that's right. I mean, I, I look at the topic here and I, and I find it to be very timely. There's a lot of conversations that are coming in. Um, that I'm having with both existing and current clients, uh, or, you know, prospective clients when it comes to, you know, we cover all different areas, retirement income and distribution planning, tax, estate planning, um, you know, but there's only so far we can go, uh, and, until we have to really bring in a professional, mm-hmm. um, that is in that expertise or in that, in that specific field. Um, so what I thought would, you know, is a good idea to cover, uh, some of those kind of what's trending in the office type topics today. And I'll, and I have a, a good list of those questions that we'll cover today. Hmm.
1: Um, are we sticking to the normal format, like sexy segment and all that yeah, kind of well, stuff? oh, well,
2: it's going to be the sexiest
1: segment today. <laughs> oh! Yeah, so we're going to cover that. Don't worry. laying it down there. Jeff yeah. might have something to say about this yeah. next week when he's back on the show. Oh, hey, even sexier segment. <laughs> even though. even sexier than normal. Yeah. So um, I want to give just a little background, um, and then we'll hopefully get some calls going. And, mm-hmm. of course, Elizabeth, you have a lot of advice for us today, I'm sure.
3: I'm hoping
1: so. Yeah, and we want to tap into that. I think if, you know, I'm 52. We have a... Is it a living trust? I'm asking you. <laughs> yes. Does probably that sound a revocable right? living trust. Yes, yes. That's what it is. And it, it was so long ago that it's probably time to review. And that's one of my questions. How often do we review? Should we review?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think your answer is yes and yes. yes. Oh, you, got Actually, all, you have all the good questions today. That is today. a great yeah.
3: question. And I have a great answer for that. <laughs> I call it the five D's, okay? You should review your estate plan when there has been a death, a disability, a disagreement, a divorce?
1: I knew divorces. In I knew
3: <laughs> or every decade.
1: Oh, decade is the last one. Yes. Disagreement, you said, too. That means between spouses?
3: It could be between spouses, but a lot of times people choose agents or they choose people that they have a falling out with. There's a, a lot of times when families fall apart, friendships fall apart, and you don't want those people involved anymore.
1: So then it's time to get things out, review it, um, talk to a professional, clearly. Right. Um, These They take some time. You don't just do it they on do. a Saturday afternoon.
3: No, they definitely don't. <laughs> it, it is a little bit frustrating, especially this is traveling season, and a lot of people get worried right before they leave the country, and they want to do estate planning in a hurry before they Oh leave the country. Gosh. I'm leaving
1: for Germany tomorrow. <laughs> right. Let's get a plan in place now.
3: Yeah, it's not going to happen. So we do like to have a heads up. It takes a little while. I may ask you questions you haven't thought about. So it may take a good month to get a good plan in place. Now we do have people who are in a crisis situation. They're getting sick, and we have to do something in a hurry at the hospital. And we we can do a real basic, quick, quick and easy plan, but not a well thought out, well transferred plan quickly. Well,
2: this is kind of off the off the cuff kind of question here, but you hear those things, you know? Hey, I'm going on a trip, and I have no estate planning done whatsoever. What if I just write it on a sheet of paper and sign it? What kind of you know
1: does that have any standing?
3: None. All right, <laughs> really? No, not at all. Okay, I got one
1: step. I, I'll take it one further. A text? No. Can yeah. I go online? Can I just go online and print out these forms that the state offers? How you valid can't. are those?
3: The, the forms that the state has are good, valid forms if you do them correctly, and that is the caveat. Is uh, the estate planning forms are there for a purpose? They're there for people who don't have a huge estate to man han, handle. I would say they're good for somebody who is twenty and has no assets.
1: That's a good point. So you got something in place, right? Probably doesn't cost a whole lot. You should probably have an attorney still look at it, right?
3: Well, the durable power of attorney is still going to need a notary. The healthcare power of attorney needs two non interested um, adult witnesses who are not related to you by blood or by marriage. And that's where that fails sometimes, as we have in laws who will witness those. I'm
1: trying to think of who, you, who would you get? A friend, a co worker, somebody that's trusted? Right. A family friend. A, a co
3: worker, the next door neighbor.
1: Okay. All right.
3: Yeah, they don't need to know what's in the document. They just need to sign it. Uh, okay, got it. Right. They're a witness, in other right. words. Right, and uh, for the will, that would be sufficient, as well as the two non-interested adult witnesses. I
1: just ask that because I hear people say it. <laughs> I can go on the internet and do it. Well, you can go on the internet and do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean it's going to be valid. <laughs> it's
3: true. Well, I was explaining to Aaron it's a lot like doing things for your car. Sure, you can go, and you can change your own oil. You can do it, and if you have the confidence that you're doing it correctly, go ahead. But if if you're like me. I I need a professional to handle my vehicle. Yeah. So it's the same thing with the states. Well, by the, the time apps. you
1: add up the oil and the filters and the time you put into it, it's like you might as well just take it in, right? And you trust it. that's a good point, a good comparison uh using a professional for that. Before we get too far, I do want to open up lines. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text line is seven nine nine eleven thirty for any question. You can call in. For uh, any general retirement planning question, Aaron Spitzner is here, of course, the Cowell Investment Group. a little background on your five locations now, Aaron, the most recent you opened in Racine. Jeff Kowal, very proud of that large sign off the freeway. Highway 20.: That's right. Uh, 20 and 94 right there. In addition, World Headquarters located in Waukesha, yep. you've got an office in Port Washington in Middleton, which is your Madison location, yep. and we are on WIBA Radio in Madison right now as well, in Phoenix, Arizona. So. Yeah. Never had the luxury
2: of uh, heading down to the Phoenix office at this point, <laughs> but uh, you know what? I'm fine with the Racine office. That That is the... Uh, that's the place to be.
1: Uh, great location for yes. the new uh, Racine office as well. And more information on the web, of course, thekowalway.com gets you on the website, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. Jeff and I have been doing this show. Aaron, you joined us a few years ago, I believe. Yep. Jeff and I go back to 2001. Yeah. So this retirement clinic has been on for a long time answering your questions. Um, now, I'm going to take a shot at this. Attorney Elizabeth Ruth you Got it. I said that fast too.
3: It's perfect. I nailed it? Yeah.
1: Elizabeth, you're here to answer any questions, elder care, estate planning, wills, trusts. I know that's a large kind of umbrella, but that is what you do.
3: It is what I do. I also have a specialization in special needs planning, and that's sort of where the elder law planning goes as well, is a lot of the special needs, crisis planning, nursing home types of situations.
1: Before we take our first break, and we got to do that quickly here, uh, we're going to come back and we'll launch it. If you've got questions, we'll take those, of course. But then we're going to talk with Elizabeth a lot more about this. Aaron, what I said about the boomers aging, it's true. I think we still hear the rate of ten thousand Americans turn sixty-five a day. That's a lot. There's a lot of boomers out there.
2: It is a lot, and sometimes you're all getting the, old. You hear these numbers, and it's hard to believe, but um, it's a big yeah. generation. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely um, uh, a lot of people out there that um, that need the attention when it comes to estate planning, retirement planning, um, you know, and it. it and kind of going back to the concept of the do-it-yourselfer, um, you know, I kind of compare it to myself, right? I like to do everything myself, and I have a lot of pride in it. But Are at, you a handy guy run the house? I, oh, I try to be. Okay. Um, you know, more and more... Uh, my wife kind of tells me, Aaron, you know, maybe that's not for you. Maybe right. you uh, just hire a professional.
1: To I don't do want you put in the new electrical box? Yeah, you're,
2: you're spending an awful lot of time trying to do something that we could just pay somebody to
1: do. So you return to a professional you, at certain points. Yeah,
2: and and more and more, that's kind of been the, the the theme at home, um, where you're turning more and more to a professional and and I think about that with um, the retirement plan. You want to make sure that you you know. Doing it yourself is fine, but um, we're seeing more and more of those individuals come to us as well as they have a you know one of those disagreements with the spouse where hey you know maybe you want to you know, turn this over to a professional. We'll That's make one sure of the five D's. Is, is take, is yes.
1: How many on a? I don't know if you have a percentage for us, Elizabeth. Are most Americans prepared? It, no,
3: uh, I would say the last time I looked at it, I think it was only fifty or sixty percent that had a plan.
1: So half are ready. Half, half of or us are or not. Half ready or half are not sort of alarming, right? That, that almost goes hand-in-hand hand with what Jeff talks about a lot. About half of Americans have little to nothing for their retirement plan. Yep. yep.
2: Yeah, and, and that's another thing. A lot of people rely on Social Security, um, which isn't going to be enough to replace all of their um, income, um, but it is there. Uh, and then there's the uh, questions if, of how a, long is it going to be there? Right. You know, there's
1: hear- a big question mark hanging over Social Security. That's been looming there forever.
2: Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of the the answer to that, right? that's always been the question. Yeah, do
1: I depend on Uncle Sam to take care of me, or should I start taking some responsibility? Yeah, and they, they screwed it up Social Security long ago, and they kind of keep putting
2: patches on it, and mm-hmm. there are ways to do it, but think about it. I mean, any, any politician who who mentions it, it's like political suicide. You know, even if they have a great idea, well, the other side's going to make it sound like it's...
1: It's a political hot potato. Yes, for exactly. Sure. Uh, that is a great point. Okay, here's what we'll do. The game plan the rest of the show. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Elizabeth. We're going to answer any questions that you have. It, maybe it is a or trust. Maybe you already have one, but have you blown off the dust? How many years has it been since you looked at it? If we have a change, Elizabeth, of maybe my kids turn to adults, mm-hmm. which happened with me. Right. My girls are now, they're adults. One's going to get married in January. Yes. I better look at my... uh I trust.
3: I don't think your kids need guardians anymore. No. <laughs> right. Well,
1: that was another thing too. If we pass away, I remember talking to Jeff Cole the first time we went mm-hmm. to Hawaii and I just said, me and Donna on a plane, we're going to Hawaii. What if both of us go in and drink? He goes, you better get some papers. <laughs> That's, That's right. That's when it happened. And I don't know if we've changed it since. You're right. Part of that was, okay, if we were to go, who's going to watch them?
3: That is very good point. Who is going to watch them and who is going to be in control of the money if something did happen to you? Those divorce questions are huge with that. You do not want to be able – you don't ever want to give a child money ever. That's a bad idea. But when you're giving money to the child and the ex-spouse is the one that is managing it, yeah, that's not real great That's another
1: one. That's a divorce, the five Ds you mentioned. Can you just – give me the five Ds quickly again.
3: Absolutely. Death, divorce, disability – Disagreement decade.
1: Well, those are some well let's ponder that and then we'll come back okay. after the break. And if you've got a question, now's the time to call in and WISN for the retirement clinic hosted today by Aaron Spitzner. We've got a few things that we're gonna have fun with as well. Yes, the normal features, the boss segment, the sexy segment. The Aconet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is now open at seven nine nine eleven thirty. We'll be right back on News Talk eleven thirty WISN and WIBA Madison. Stick around.
2: Welcome back
4: to The Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with The Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. There can be an endless amount of unneeded drama when you mix business with family. The drama can be multiplied or divided depending on the relationships and personalities. Here are a few things to keep in mind to maybe establish some sort of structure to mitigate the possibility of an explosive situation. First, know your role. If family members of the business don't know their role and what they should be doing, it can cause major stress if there's uncertainty. Just like uncertainty in the markets can create volatility, uncertainty in a family business can cause turmoil as well. Well Well-defined roles and great communication can smooth out many misunderstandings. Going along with everybody knowing their roles is to establish the right boundaries. It's not fun going to family gatherings when you know you may get into an argument about work. If business needs to be discussed when at home or at a gathering, it may make sense to agree that business is only discussed for 5 to 10 minutes in private outside of work. And it can also be hard to switch gears from being around family to focusing on work, and you may not get your best work done either. It's also important to see things from different points of view. In the vast majority of family businesses, the family members involved love each other and want each other to be successful. But people obviously view things differently from each other, and if you want to maintain harmony, it's crucial to try to look at issues and obstacles from the other's point of view. Many times it's beneficial to be brutally honest with each other as long as it's done with respect. Last, you can't forget to have fun. Many entrepreneurs fall into the trap of working so hard they forget to have fun. Remember to laugh and not take it all too seriously. Anytime you work together, the business can be taxing on your relationship. Make time to talk about things, not work. Life's too short to not enjoy it.
1: Well, that's true. Life's too short to not enjoy it. That was Aaron Kowal. Oh, Aaron Kowal. Easy for me to say. I got two errands today. Aaron Spitzner is your host. Aaron's segment, The Boss Minute for Business Owners Savings and Security. Every week we do that. We are live on the Retirement Clinic in Madison on WIBA, Milwaukee WISN. Our guest, we've got an attorney. Now, what I say, in an estate planning attorney, does that cover everything you do, Elizabeth? Pretty well. Okay. (laughs) Because we're going to talk about power of attorney in a little bit. Yeah, We have some questions on hold, a trust question. And if you've got any of those, you know, estate planning, trust, wills, now is the time to call in with Elizabeth in studio, Aaron Spitzner. Yeah. what is power of attorney
2: you know that that you know we, we cut into that before um, we kind of briefly went over that and sometimes I like to clarify some of the language as far as you know what we're throwing around here not everybody's familiar with uh, some of the jargon um, so uh, Elizabeth and I were talking the other day about kind of the powers right the powers uh, kind of powers do your power of attorney really have right so I thought it would be a good time here to cover what the power of attorney is, where you need that, mm-hmm. and and how long it
1: lasts. If you need it.
3: Right. You do need it. Okay. Anybody over the age of 18 does. So I'm going to circle back to where we were before and why I thought the, the state forms were not good enough. The state forms are quick and dirty. They give you some basic pieces, but they don't give everybody the authorities that they may need if they own a business, for example. They don't really give them the authority if there's um, a crisis situation and somebody gets hit by a bus to be able to maybe handle a special needs trust to take care of a settlement. Um, It doesn't have those Medicaid provisions in there, say, to um, protect the home. The home is an exempt asset if you are in it or you intend to return to it. The easiest way to do an intent to return home is a notarized statement, which is usually in the power of attorney. Uh, There's other pieces that we can put in there so we don't have to go to court, to guardianship court, to get those authorities. It's like a big toolbox is what it is. So you just want to have a big, fat toolbox,
1: and, and you you should have it everybody should have it as you, as you mentioned but there again too I, half of Americans probably
3: right and and there is there are some attorneys that would disagree with me about that a little bit and I will put that out there uh there's a lot of power in the power of attorney so and, some if you don't trust your agents there is some potential for fraud
2: and and i yeah so if if somebody is a if i see a power of attorney abusing their duties what would be the next step <laughs>
3: Um, The next step, it depends, I guess, on the age of the individual that is being abused, but APS can come in to... to take a look and stop some of those things. There is a provision in the statutes for a review of the power of attorney to stop them or to have somebody removed.
1: Aren't there different uh, types of power of attorney? Is healthcare yes, there's health care power of attorney? there's the health
3: care over your body. There is an, uh, a limited power of attorney. So say you're selling a house and you want your realtor to do that. You give them just that authority. There is the uh, general Durable power of attorney, which is most common, which begins as soon as you sign it and it will last until you die, until you revoke it or you do a new one. Or you could have what's called a springing durable power power of attorney, which does not start until a doctor certifies that you are no longer able to um, make decisions for yourself.
1: We got a trust question and we'll get to it, but this is not, a power of attorney is not a trust or a will. It's different. It It does protect us.
3: It does protect you. It's for those day-to-day life stuff. It's your bank account, your securities, it's giving authority to file taxes, to manage the government assets. It's the day-to-day stuff that is not necessarily in the trust.
1: Attorney Elizabeth Ruth Men's Dorfer. What's your firm's name again?
3: Myrtle, Wilkins, and Campbell.
1: You ready for some questions? I am. WISN and WIBA, it is the retirement clinic, and we've got some lines open. Now would be your best time to call in. Trust, wills, probate, all of that. Estate planning questions, powers of attorney. Give us a call. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 799-1130. Lake Geneva, Linda. i got to press the button. That would help. Linda, good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you doing?
1: Good. How can we help?
3: Um, A couple of years ago, I went to a lawyer and had a will done, and in it, he has everything to go into a trust. Um And I don't know, do I go and set up this trust, or how does that work? I mean, do okay. you have to go to a bank to do it or what? Well, there's several pieces with that. There's uh, When you have a trust, you have a piece of paper. Right. What makes it work is when you do the beneficiary designations um, for with your financial advisor to make sure that it has a beneficiary designation that is named to the trust, or if you are at the bank and you change the title of the asset to the name of the trust. So there's two ways to make that trust work. One is to physically move assets into it um sometimes you can name a piece of real estate into the trust or to have a beneficiary designation that goes right into the trust. Okay. And that trust then will will work for you at death then and avoid probate if it can get there by itself. Okay.
1: Is that the biggest goal of having a trust just to avoid probate? No, there's other reasons, There right? are
3: other reasons. It can be a tax document. Uh, it's not as important as it used to be now that the estate tax is up over $11 million per person. <laughs> but for some people, that's still an issue. Uh, the other main reason is control beyond the grave. You want to be able to control where your assets go, how, and when. So are the assets, per- like... Um I have a husband who has Lewy body dementia, mm. and that's the reason that we set it up. Um, if I would inherit money, would that go, would that be protected? Like, if he would have to go into Oh, that's any a loaded kind of- question. <laughs> <laughs> We're combining some, and this is the problem with elder law, is that we are combining IRS rules with estate planning rules with Medicaid rules, and none of them play nice. Okay. So for probate purposes, if you have your beneficiary set up with that inheritance, it will avoid probate. However, for Medicaid purposes, if your trust was set up prior to August 1st of 2014, it may have some protection, um, particularly with a state recovery. But if you set it up after August 1st of 2014 when the rules changed, there is no protection really with a revocable trust. Okay. Um, so, But there are lots of other things that can be done. But honestly, that would be the topic for another day because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I could spend <laughs> so much time on Medicaid in the rules with that. But um, just do keep in mind that with dementia, there that power of attorney is going to be your best tool.
1: And if you need help, Linda, off the air, want to reach out to the COWAL Investment Group, uh, Aaron will give out the phone number in just a bit, okay? Okay. And that might help you off air. It's good question. Thank you for calling in, Aaron. This is you work with your clients on this stuff every day. That's right. This is a, a, a very
2: common uh, type of, not common question, but, you know, you, you hear these things from time to time as uh, as couples are, you know, getting older and then how to protect themselves and make sure everything is taken care of. So, um, Linda, if, you know, the, the number to the office, 262-522-4040, uh, or the, visit us at com, and, um, you know, we could take a look at things and make sure we get you, um, you know, uh in proper hands really to 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 take care of these things you know if, if if there is a situation like this where we don't have the planning expertise in the office that's where we you know look to a professional like Elizabeth to uh, to, to ca- take
1: care of this matter so that phone number 262 Five two two forty forty goes to the Kowal Investment Group. That's right. And they can follow up there. Our phone number here is 799-1130, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're going to get some more questions for Elizabeth lined up. I just want to circle back to those five D's quickly because that's what prompts a lot of this. And mm-hmm. one of them, it's unfortunate, we hear this stat all the time, over 50% of American marriages end in divorce. That's kind true. of sad when you think yeah. about it. Sad or not, it's a reality of life divorce is a big issue why these things crop up it and is. then you get into it blended is. families you might get you know oh,
3: um, yes the new marriage comes <laughs> new up marriage and we've got a up.
1: stepmom all of a sudden.
3: There are a lot of issues that come up with this, even with elder law, especially with our older individuals remarrying for a second time or a third time. And then you have, as our caller had, a spouse then that has dementia and maybe starting to spend money. And we're spending the new wife's money, which impacts the inheritance of the children of that first marriage. So this can be really, really messy.
1: Yeah. And it's a sensitive issue as well, but boy, you've got to address it. You've got to have everything kind of set in place.
3: Right. This is where, when we were talking about the power and your power of attorney, that's when it becomes the most important yes, we can use some of those trusts and things like that, but they're not always as, as effective when it comes to asset preservation. There are some other tools that we would have to use.
1: Let's go back to the phones. The Retirement Clinic, Aaron Spitzner is uh, your host today from the coalwall Investment Group. And uh, we are taking your calls. Attorney Elizabeth Ruth Mansdorfer joins us in studio today. This is Jim from Wauwatosa. Jim, good morning.
0: Hi, good morning. Uh, yeah, question. I'm familiar with the uh was a was a irrevocable trust and in fact my wife and I have one. But we don't have a will and it was a bit unclear. I know a trust, you know, protects things and you can avoid probate, but you still have a, a car and things. Would a will be good to have a simple will of where we would like things to go upon death?
3: That is a very good question, Jim. Anytime that you have an estate plan that has a trust involved you likely have a tr- a will already it's in that case it's called a pour over will that anything would pour over into the trust if it's necessary um and i say if necessary cuz in the state of wisconsin if you have assets that are under 50000 when you pass away and don't have a beneficiary tied to them or are not already in the trust, you might not have to use that will. That will is really like an insurance policy. It's there just to catch the stuff that's over fifty thousand that needs court, it needs help to get into your trust.
0: Okay, so we we don't own a house anymore. Uh and you know we 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 get a we get a car one car and uh as far as 401K and IRAs and so on, we have beneficiaries yeah. named on those. So there's really no need for a will then because they're all under 50000
3: Exactly. Right? And let me give you a quick tip on the car. So when a spouse passes away in Wisconsin – uh, the surviving spouse can transfer up to five vehicles to him or herself with two forms from the Motor Vehicles Department, an MV1 and an MV2300. So you don't need probate, really, for transferring vehicles.
0: Okay. Well, our vehicle's title uh, with the word OR.
3: That's perfect.
0: You know, okay. Very good. Well, you've answered my questions.
3: Thank you, Jim.
1: Good questions. Uh, thank, you. thank you, Jim, for calling WISN, WIBA. It is the Retirement Clinic, much of what you deal with, Aaron. Involves 401k plans, IRAs, the Roth, all of that. Think of something horrible happens. You don't have all your paperwork in order like Elizabeth is talking about with trusts and wills, power of attorney. And you've got maybe a million or north of a million dollars sitting in a 401k plan. What happens to that money? You know, that... That was a good lead into what I wanted to talk about next. Paul. And I didn't even know what you're yeah, talking you about. I didn't even next. know. Wow. I'm, just, I'm just looking at, wow, tragedy <laughs> hits. We got a
2: lot of money. Where does that go? You know, what, Ed, that's a, a, it's come up a lot in conversation lately as far as beneficiaries on an IRA and um a 401k, an IRA, a Roth IRA, whatever type of retirement account that you have, um, and what those beneficiaries really mean. Uh, do they supersede maybe what you have in your will? Um, that is a very common question, and a lot of people aren't aware that they do. Um, so they may have some, you know, something different in their estate planning or in their will, right. and something different right. on their IRA or 401k. Maybe they, hey, I signed up for this 401k thirty years ago at work, and I been
1: contributing ever since.
2: Yeah, and I have the my, balance is over a million. But, but you know, yeah. So then I get married, have a family, and um, maybe on that initial beneficiary form, they have a their mother, or maybe they have a, a ex-spouse or yeah. a oh, girlfriend yeah. or whatever it could be. But they say, oh, that doesn't matter because I did all my estate planning. And,
1: and my will says it's going to go to my wife well, and, and my kids. Well, what you're saying is your beneficiary on the 401k supersedes what's on that estate plan?
3: That is correct. That's
1: correct, Elizabeth. Yes. See, I wouldn't have known that.
3: Yes. Beneficiary designations trump your estate planning.
1: Interesting stuff. Yeah. So, it's, you know, that's
2: one thing that I, you know, as, as part of our review process with our clients... Um, that, one of the themes we're really looking at this year, you know, this time around, is making sure all those beneficiaries are up to date, because uh, we have a lot of clients that have been with us for a very long time, and we always want to
1: make sure that those are up to date and, and what they should be. Going back to those five D's then, it's critical, Elizabeth, that we update beneficiaries as our life changes.
3: It is very critical, especially divorce situations. People are so glad to be past the emotion. They're past uh, everything. They have their settlement agreement. They think they're done.
1: Moving on with my life, chapter two.
3: But they need to do what we call storm cleanup, (laughs) where you come in afterwards and then you redo it all.
1: And, and, and I think like, that's a great
2: term, by the way. And I think sometimes you look at it like, oh, beneficiaries, uh, you know, that's that's easy. You know, I, I I can handle that. That seems so, you know, basic. I You know, I'll do that whenever. But you never get around to it. You never do it. Yeah, and how yeah, many people wake up easy. on
1: a Saturday, I'm going to yeah. change my ben- – let's check our beneficiaries. Yeah. yeah, that's the last thing people want to do. Is there a rule of thumb, Elizabeth, how often I should be updating my estate plan? <laughs> Yes. My will, my trust, everything. You know,
3: I say decade because it goes with the Ds, but five years, people have kind of a five-year turnaround. One of the things I like to recommend, though, is... When you're doing your taxes, that is the perfect time. You're already pulling out all your records for everything else. It's a good idea then, you've got your 1099s in front of you, to t- say to yourself, as you're looking at that 1099, do I have a beneficiary on this? And who is it?
1: Plus, you're already in that
3: mode. Right.
1: Taxes. I mean, nobody really enjoys it. No. Let's get it all done at once. Yeah. That's good advice. Okay, quick break. I think we have your sexy segment next. Aaron. a lot of pressure. Oh. It's going to be sexy. This is Jeff's favorite part of the program. He? Huh. <laughs> Hopefully he's listening. Th- or not. The bar is set pretty high. Yes. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. It is the Retirement Clinic on WISN Milwaukee, WIBA in Madison. Your host is Aaron Spitzner with the Kowal Investment Group. Our guest is attorney Elizabeth Ruth Mansdorfer. We are talking about estate plans, wills, and trusts. And you know what? We still have time for calls if you want to. Give us a call. Lines are open. We're on until 11 a.m. And the Academic Mortgage Talk and Text Line is the number to use, 414-799-1130. We'll be back here on WISN. Stick around. All right. We are going to get to our special sexy segment. In fact, I've just been told that we are going to turn to Elizabeth, our guest, for that. Uh, we've got a call quick, and it's for you, Elizabeth, and Sue's been hanging on from Wauwatosa, so let's just sneak that in quickly on WISN's Retirement Clinic, also WIB in Madison. How are you doing, Sue? Good. How are you? Good. How can we help?
0: Um, I was just wondering, um, as far as listing beneficiaries on your 401K, do you list a trust, if you have a trust, or do you actually list your spouse's name?
3: That is a really good question. For retirement assets, you do have to name the spouse as the first beneficiary. That's pretty much required unless that spouse signs off on it. Um, So spouse first, and then you can name the trust as the secondary beneficiary. You do need to be careful with how that is named so that it gets done correctly. But absolutely, your trust should be named as that second beneficiary. But you do need to be a little bit careful with IRAs when they're going into a trust regarding some tax tax benefits. So uh, before you do that, get a little bit of advice about whether or not the trust is the right vehicle for that beneficiary. Okay. Thank you.
1: Yeah. I'm glad we could help, Sue. Thank you. And that was a good question. Um, well, the stage is yours, Elizabeth. Great. The sexy segment, every week we talk about it. It's a different topic every week. So you've got mm-hmm. one for us today.
3: I do. I wanted to talk a little bit about irrevocable trust. We had a caller earlier that talked about a revocable trust. So I'm talking about an irrevocable trust. That's one that cannot be changed. And why it's a little bit sexy, so to speak, is that it gives us an opportunity for gifting and control for our listeners who have cash that they want to leave a legacy or hand that on to their family members, but they still want some control, a little bit, on how that is received. And they don't want to wait on maybe when they give it, but they don't want the kids to have it now. This can be a tool, you know, we've talked about maybe irrevocable life insurance trusts in the past, but again, because of the exemption level being so high now, that's not necessarily as important or as... um, Useful unless we were talking about maybe a second spouse. But I'm talking about the irrevocable trust that we can use to protect, like, the cottage up north. Mm. Um- To be able to put that in there, it's a little bit easier to material things. Um, yes, like again, the things that you want to preserve. The cottage is a great place to put that. It's something that, even for Medicaid purposes, if you get past five years of having created and funded that trust, it's completely free and clear and exempt.
1: Some people have two homes, obviously, a condo somewhere and their main residence. Mm -hmm. Could the condo be something like that? The cottage,
3: it can. Okay. And here's something that not everybody knows about, which is why it's kind of a sneaky little tool, is that we can write in language that even though this person has given up this asset or given up maybe the income or the control over it, we can write in some language that we call grantor defective language where it still gets taxed to the individual and not to the trust. So we're able to play some games on tax.
1: But you have to know how to do these things. You do, you obviously. Do. That's, why it's, that's why you call it sneaky.
3: It is. Most it's, it's of us kind of wouldn't be aware
1: of that. I mean, if we, we wouldn't even know what to do.
3: Right. A lot of people are afraid of doing irrevocable trust because of the tax circumstances, of the finality of it, et cetera. But there are ways around it.
1: Well, that was that was sexy. Good job. Thank you. Very good. Irrevocable, though. Difference. Irrevocable. Difference. Uh, when we come back, aaron has got a special segment on pets. <laughs> and no, we're not going to talk about pets, pets well, we, as in heaven We could talk about my dog we could. we could What kind of dog do you have? Golden Doodle
3: Aww.
1: I got a yellow lab Labs are the best dogs
2: You know. I know I, I, sometimes I, no, I wouldn't trade my dog for a lab But yeah. she's pretty hyper Yeah, <laughs> your, six, your dog is? Yeah.
1: yeah our she's dog's still a puppy our dog's eight. Hot by eight. Heart. I know, our dog's eight and it, Again, she acts like a puppy on oh, a lot of days We
3: have a brand new rescue we've had less than a week a Good for you lab.
1: That was yeah. our dog, oh, wow. rescue dog too How old?
3: Eighteen
1: months. Oh, you just a puppy?
3: Just a puppy and afraid of everything. It's a
1: black lab. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about pets. We are. But we're going to talk about pets in a way about the estate plan and who Correct. gets them, and it's not just dogs.
3: No, I no, mean it's not just dogs. It's
1: cats and birds and all kinds of things going on. That's coming up next as we continue with the Retirement Clinic. Our host today, Aaron Spitzner from the Kowal Investment Group. I'm Paul Kronforst, attorney Elizabeth Ruthman-Storfer joins us. All the phone numbers, websites will give you all that contact information if you've got questions off the air when we come back. Stay tuned. Pet Talk next on WISN. ABC. All right, not much time left in the program, but we're going to save, should I say the best for last or the, maybe the most fun? Most fun. Yeah. We're going to talk pets. In all seriousness, Erin uh, and Elizabeth, I want you to talk. We all have pets.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: How important are pets to families? Very? Yeah,
3: very important to families. I, you had mentioned to me off the air, I think it's about 75% of American households have pets. That's right. Pet estate planning is fun. It sounds a little bit crazy, but it's important. So I'm going to plug you just at least two little quick tidbits. So one is that back to that power of attorney is having some kind of authority over pets in there. A lot of veterinarians will not give information about an animal except to the owner of the animal. So if you are out of town or you are sick and somebody needs records of that animal, they need the authority for that. I
1: never thought that through. Yes. Like the HIPAA laws for the us? HIPAA
3: laws for pets, Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yes.
1: But that's good. I like that. It
3: is. And then you've got to think through this animal that you have taken in. Although it is technically considered by the law personal property, it's more than, this animal is more than that. We have people who have birds that live 80 years. Yeah, uh, birds live yeah. forever. We were
1: talking about right. that. Right.
3: Birds live forever. So you need to have a plan for them. Not everybody is a bird lover. So who's going to take this animal? Are you going to leave money for that animal to be taken care of? I have done a couple of trusts. Uh, one for some dogs that it's funded by a life insurance policy that wow. when the individuals pass away, the insurance policy funds the trust. These dogs are going to Rice University to live out the rest of their lives at the veterinary school there. Great thing! I've done but, another. But it's trust. in writing.
1: Yeah. You have to get this
2: in writing. Yeah,
3: it's in yeah. writing. Okay.
2: So I can't just, you know, put my dog Ruby as my beneficiary on my 401k.
3: Not on your 401k. Right. But um, in 2014, when Wisconsin changed their trust tax, their trust rules, we do have the ability to do a pure trust for pets now. So yes, you can name a. Pure trust for your dog. The
1: case where they're sending him to the university. Could mm-hmm. I put down a family member? I want my brother Ron to get my pets. Whatever
3: you can, you can put. I want I so and so to send have your that.
1: Brother Ron to Rice University. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, yeah. Depends yeah. right.
1: how cool. so much money is left <laughs> yeah.
3: in my estate uh, right. plan. Well, you know, I've done one before for um, a family that had horses, and they wanted money to be left to pay the taxes for the land that the horses was on.
1: Well, that's a really good on horses are well, they're mm-hmm. expensive. They cost right. a lot of money to maintain.
3: Or if you have a dog with special needs, uh, the money there to pay for the medication and therapy, mm-hmm. etc. So there are practical uses for this crazy subject.
1: And I don't want to hack off our listeners, but I'm not a cat lover. I'm just not. Maybe it's my <laughs> allergies, but cats live a long time. Yeah. And we have a lot of cat people listening. Yes. Same thing. Not just it dogs.
3: Is- I have, I've done several plans for cat owners as well that named the guard, next in line guardian for the animals and um, named money to be able to handle the animal.
1: Now, first, you got to find the cat because they hide all the time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Where That's is true. that thing? It's under the couch. Hey, uh, first off, as we wrap up here, we're going to be out of time. I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you. Elizabeth uh, Ruth I got your name right, correct? I did. When do we, how can we reach out to you, Aaron?
2: Well, a couple different ways here. You give the office a call, 262-522-4040, or also uh, you can find us online at com. My mic goes off. Sorry about that. Oh, oh that's all right.
1: com. We right. should mention you do market updates. We haven't talked about this yeah, yet. we Eric. completely missed that in the beginning. That's on me. Yep. My bad.
2: Oh, that's fine. It's 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. In Milwaukee. That's right. And in and Madison, you're yep. on WIBA. That's right. What was that? 4.55-ish? I
1: don't know. I oh, work yeah. at ISN. At so. Yep, that's <laughs> but, when we broadcast it over there. But it but, is um, every day.
2: Yep, every single day. And it's about uh, a minute or so uh, that gives, us, gives you a good idea of what's going on in the market that day and how it can affect your
1: uh, retirement accounts. You know, and this is the kind of show, Elizabeth, where people may want to reach out after. Yes. Maybe they just heard the last three minutes on pets and they want to follow up. Uh, they can do so. They can reach out to the Coldwell Investment Group. They can hook nice. you up. Right. Uh, what's the name of your firm again?
3: Myrtle, Wilkins, and Campbell.
1: Have a great weekend. Thank you. My thank you to Elizabeth Ruth Mansdorfer, Aaron Spitzner from the Cowell Investment Group. Thank you so much for a great show. All right. Excellent. It was great uh, to be here. Have a good weekend, thanks. Aaron. Thank you so much. Now we all go home and play with our dogs, right? Yeah. That's right. what we do. Hey, thanks for tuning in once again every weekend. The Retirement Clinic on WISN and WIBA. I'm Paul Cronforce. Stay tuned for news coming up next.